Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You maybe have been asked that question before, what are you waiting for? And maybe it can be asked in sort of a sarcastic way if you're in a car and there's a red light and it turns green and the person in front of you doesn't go, what are you waiting for? Or maybe somebody is curious because you're standing in line for something, maybe concert tickets or a sporting event or to get into a store because they have an unbelievable sale that you have to be in line for. What are you waiting for? Sometimes that question comes to us when we talk to God. That's what we just heard in Psalm 13. What are you waiting for, God? Why are you so long in delivering me? So I wanted to think about that as we think about the Advent season tonight because the Advent season is a lot about waiting. We're waiting for Christmas to come. And yes, we're waiting for Jesus to come a second time as well. So tonight as we consider that question, what are we waiting for, we'll see with King David that that waiting can be hard. And yet God gives us the answer even when we are impatient in our waiting. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions about what you, things were like when, in your house when you were younger and Christmas time rolled around. So raise your hand. I can see most people out there. So raise your hand if you were the type of person that, boy, their countdown started for Christmas probably sometime even before Thanksgiving because you were so excited about Christmas. Raise your hand if you're super excited about Christmas. Okay, we have a few of those. How many of you were snoopers? Like you searched the house for where your presence might be just in case there was something you needed to know before. Okay, we've got quite a few of those. Were you, uh, uh, anybody out there, like kind of pick up the boxes and feel the weight of them or, or shake them a little bit to see if you could, okay, a lot of those too. And, and maybe as you see the picture on the screen, That was one of those things that could cause you a little bit of impatience because if your family was like mine, my mom did a lot of wrapping beforehand and then the presents went under the tree and it was almost like you couldn't quite wait until the day actually came. You saw the presents sitting there and you just wanted to get to Christmas. But then I thought about what it would be like to wait for something when pain or sorrow or frustration is involved. And we know that kind of waiting too, and that's the kind of waiting that King David is talking about in Psalm 13. We, we heard Abby and, and Abby and Jack read that in a dramatic way just before, and now we'd like to spend just a few moments tonight thinking about David's words in Psalm 13. And we'll do so under this brief theme, waiting is hard. And we'll see, first of all, like David, we wonder how long. And like David, we pray for understanding, And like David, we trust God's goodness. Listen again to the first two verses of Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Sometimes at the beginning of Psalms, especially David's Psalms, it tells us, What was going on in his life when he wrote the psalm? Psalm 13 is not one of those. And so we kind of have to speculate a little bit, well, what might have been going on in David's life that he was asking God to intervene? How long is this going to last? And while the Bible doesn't tell us exactly why David wrote these words, maybe we can think of a couple of times in his life where David would have prayed that very thing. He may have prayed how long when he was anointed king and then defeated 
defeated Goliath and still waited a dozen or more years before he actually served as king? He may have prayed how long to God when he was on the run because King Saul wanted him dead. David knew that something was not right in his life. And I don't know about you, but, but I find David's words relatable. Because there are those times in life, aren't there, where we want to ask God that same question? When, when we wonder if God has abandoned us, if he really knows what's happening, if he really understands what we're going through. And we have that impatience like, David, how long is that going to happen? You can feel it, can't you? The heart, David's heart being poured out to God, how, how he doesn't understand everything that's going on. Four times in those two verses, he asks the same question. How long? How long? He feels as if God has hidden his face from him, that he won't even acknowledge him, that he's dealing with this broken heart and that evil, his enemies are triumphing over him. And I think about our own lives and what waiting is like. It, we're just not good at it, are we? We live in a fast-paced world where everything can be heated up in a microwave or bought in a drive at a drive-through window. And so when God asks us to wait, it's hard for us to understand what purpose there can be in patience and in waiting. And then I think about the believers in the Old Testament, people who were waiting for God to fulfill his promise of a savior, a promise that was made all the way back in the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve. A promise that, by the David's time, has been around for at least 3,000 years. And then it was going to be another 1,000 years before God delivered on that promise. It was a long time between God's promise of a Messiah and the time that Jesus actually came. So I'm going to take you back to my childhood Christmas just for a second. Every year we had an Advent calendar. Now, I know today there's Advent calendars for just about everything, but our Advent calendar was just a way to mark the days between the 1st of December and the 24th of December. This one's a little sticker one where you peel off a sticker and put it on the chart every single day. Ours were usually cardboard that had perforations in it and you opened a little window and there was a Bible passage or a picture of the nativity or something like that. And I just remember as, as a young boy with my siblings, I have four siblings, taking turns at our evening devotions and opening that window and marking the days to Christmas. December 10th, December 15th, December 20th, and how excited we were as the days were marked off. We, we could see the end. We knew how long it was going to be to Christmas. Wouldn't it be great if God gave us an answer like that all of the time? exactly when things were going to end. This is how long you have to suffer. We could mark the days off on a calendar. But he didn't do that for David. And he doesn't tell us exactly when he's coming back at the end either. And yet, in our prayer, how long, if we ask God, what are you waiting for, we can learn a great lesson from David. When David was plagued by that impatience, he knew where to turn. Listen to verses 3 and 4. Look on me and answer, Lord my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. David, in the agony of his heart and the anguish of his soul, asks God to answer him, asks God to give him everything that he needs 
Answer me, God. Give light to my eyes. Enlighten me is what David is saying. And I have to be honest, when I, when I read that phrase this week, give light to my eyes, it, it brought a, a, a memory that certainly is probably one that I become the object of other people's ridicule because there's often times that we head out to a restaurant and it's kind of dark in there and it's time to order and I need some light to read the menu because I forgot my magnifying glasses, my cheaters. So you know what happens. Out comes the cell phone, flashlight, scan the app, scan the menu, and I can read it just fine. That's the light that is given to my eyes. But that's not exactly what David is talking about. He wants God to open his eyes to understand why the things that were happening to him were happening. He, he wants God ultimately to answer the question, why? Do you ever feel that way too, wishing that God could give you the whys to the things that happen in this life? Why am I waiting? Why is this happening? And, and here's where I love David's example. Because what David says is, take it to the Lord. He doesn't say it in these words, but I suppose we could simply say it this way. David, in effect, is saying, Lord, I understand that, that you are asking me to wait. But help me. Help me see the big picture. Help me understand your purpose in allowing me to go through the things that I'm going through. Let me know what you're trying to teach me and what you would have me learn. We know that God won't explain everything that ever happens to us and he doesn't owe that to us. But when we're frustrated by that question, how long, when we're wondering what God is waiting for, we have God's own invitation to come to him when we're weary and burdened, to cast all our anxiety on him, to call upon him in the day of trouble. And I love where it leads David. Look at the last two verses of Psalm 13. But I trust in your unfailing love, my heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. As David is asking these questions and, and seeking understanding from the Lord, it, it's like it almost dawns on him, oh, that's right, I trust you. Your love is unfailing. David knew that, that God's faithfulness meant that his deliverance was certain and so was his salvation. He could rejoice because nothing could change what God had promised him in the coming Messiah. He says, I know all about the Lord's goodness. And so do we, don't we? We know God's track record in our lives too. I've mentioned this to people before. It is actually one of the joys of getting older. While you know, scanning a menu with your phone isn't the, the greatest thing about eyes that are getting older, one of the things that getting older has, has, been a, has been a blessing is understanding that I have a lot more years to look back on God's deliverance in my life. And I can see his goodness, how those things happened, and maybe sometimes even why they happened. But what if? What if things seem to drag on? What if you think about, man, that class that I just can't wait for the next two weeks to pass because I'm so done with that class? Or, or maybe it's the semester where you're saying, this whole semester I'm just ready to be done and over with. I can't wait till Christmas comes. But there'll be other things in life. Maybe you've experienced these too. Your own sickness or the sickness of a loved one. Working at a job that maybe is unfulfilling. Struggles in a relationship that you're not sure how to fix. What if? What if we have to come back to God and say, how long? 
How long is this going to keep going? What are you waiting for, God? This might sound really simple, but can I give you the best answer that I've found? The best answer that scripture provides? If you question God's love, if you wonder what he's doing in your life, just go back to the cross. That's where Jesus assures you of his love for you. It's where Jesus reminds you that, that each and every sin for every one of us has already been paid for, suffered on that cross by Jesus himself. And then when Jesus rose from the dead, he guarantees you and me that we stand before God, holy and blameless. That's what we get to celebrate every Christmas. That Jesus, that baby who was laid in a manger, is the word of God to us, to human beings. It's the peace that we need with God that came that first Christmas night. And Jesus was gift-wrapped, not with fancy paper and a bow, but in strips of cloth to assure you and me that he was there to bring us back to God. That's the joy that we have. And that unfailing love of God assures you that even in the midst of difficulties and trials in this life, we can trust God's unfailing love. We can hold on to his promises. And we know that one of those promises is that he is coming back to take us to be with him. A couple of takeaways from our devotion tonight. First of all, number one, though we don't always receive answers for our questions, we trust God's love. Paul wrote it this way to the Romans in chapter 8. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. And number two, we see God's goodness in Jesus and we know our waiting is worth it. James wrote in his epistle in the first chapter these words, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because when that person has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has prepared for those who love him. One last idea from maybe back in your childhood or at least my childhood, someone's coming. Maybe your parents said that to you and, and you went to the window to see who was coming, who was driving up to your yard and to your driveway. Maybe you were waiting for grandpa and grandma to come visit. Maybe you were waiting for a relative or a friend. But as you waited, that waiting can sometimes be difficult. I can't remember if I did it myself or if my children did it, but sometimes they get to the window a little bit earlier than they should, and that waiting seems to be a long time. But you know what's happening at the end of that waiting, right? When you're waiting for someone you love to come to your house, there's going to be a joyful greeting. There's going to be love and hugs and, and happiness because someone has come to visit that you've been waiting for. We know Jesus is coming. And we know that in that coming, we're going to be taken home to him forever in heaven. And so as we answer that question or think about that question, how long or, or what is God waiting for, let's first pray that God gives us understanding. And then secondly, trust the goodness of God that we see in Jesus every single day. And know what's waiting for us in heaven is the greatest welcome home ever. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the joy that we have in, in trusting your loving kindness and your goodness to us every single day. We know that there are times in this life where that question plagues us, the how long or what are you waiting for? And yet we know, God, that you are working for good in all things just as you have promised. Fill us with a trust in you. Lead us to see your love again and again in the baby Jesus who came 
at Christmas, the Jesus who went to the cross for us, the Jesus who left his tomb empty, and the Jesus who is coming back to take us to be with you forever. Fill us with joy in, in the weeks ahead as we prepare for Christmas, and give us a readiness to, to meet you when you come again. Bless our students through all of the things that are happening in these last few weeks of school up until the exams. Give them strength to meet all of the challenges that are before them and keep them mindful that you are always with them. We pray all of this in our Savior Jesus' name. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.